I'm a child of God. Have in my hand. Powerful word of God. Change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. Jesus' name. Amen. Now look at your neighbor and just say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and if you're not by anybody, just say it to yourself. That'd be all right, too. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. carry a watch so this is my watch and uh, exactly one minute just passed it's amazing time quickly gets away from us doesn't it 60 seconds in just this hour in just this moment, seemed like a long time, didn't it? I know you kept thinking, what's he doing? <laughs> Staring at his phone. What is he doing? How short one minute can also seem if you're doing something you really enjoy. Did you know that there are only 21 days until Christmas? That means there's approximately 504 hours left until we celebrate the birth of Christ. It translates into approximately 30,240 minutes left to do all the things we need to do before Christmas arrives. Presents to purchase, to wrap, parties to attend, people to visit. You've only got 30,240 minutes left, so you better get with it. Better get cracking. So you might ask, well then, why did you waste one minute just now? Why did you do that? As we begin our December Advent season, I want us to recognize not only the significance of one moment in time, but also the strategic nature of those moments. The nature of timing is critical. You ever stop to consider the importance timing has to everything that exists? Do you plant tomatoes in November 
Do you paint the outside of your house in January? Do you go swimming in a pool in February? Uh, heavens no. Well, why not? Because it's not the right time. It's not the right time. There is a right time for these types of activities, and I think we would all agree that December is not the best time to try to start a diet, right? Think about the importance of timing in sports. If the timing is off, the quarterback won't connect with his receiver for a completion. Just to ask Landry Jones how that feels. Doesn't take a minute to throw off the timing in football. If the timing's off, the basketball player will arrive at the spot before the ball or after the ball is already passed. That's pretty embarrassing. Pass the ball to the emptiness that's there. Think about the importance of timing for our daily lives. If you have ever missed a flight because you arrived one minute after the boarding, you know the importance of timing. How many of you remember the show Home Alone, or the movie Home Alone, and they were rushing through the airport to get because they were late. And we used to laugh and chuckle about that until we went on a trip ourselves and found ourselves running through the airport to get to the, to the gate, laughing all the way. But if you get there and the, <laughs> that plane's gone, you're not laughing so much anymore. Does one minute make a difference? If you're a parent of a preschooler, you turn your head for one minute, preschooler's long gone and into trouble. Also, you turn your head a couple of times and they're seniors in high school. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I watched my granddaughter last night and just, I always love to spend time with my granddaughter. But when I looked at her last night, I saw something I hadn't seen in a while. She's getting a lot taller. She said, Grandpa, I'm almost four years old. I thought, man, we need a cell phone for this girl. We need a car for this girl. Does one minute make a difference? Just ask those who made it out of the Twin Towers minutes before it collapsed. One moment, one sixty-second interval of time placed in just the right, right location can make all the difference in the world. We're going to talk this month about the miracle of Christmas. Jeff will carry it on the next two Sundays, and then I'll be back for Christmas Day. One service, 11 o'clock that day, right here at the church. And the following Sunday will be New Year's Day, same thing. So you don't panic and go, oh my, what are we doing, what are we doing? Christmas Eve service coming up, 6 o'clock. I put Xmas out on the sign, assuming I would get uh, some encouragement to put Christ up there. So I put Christ up there. I was just glad somebody noticed. Even somebody in the neighborhood called and said, that just doesn't look right, take it down. <laughs> We're going to talk about the miracle of Christmas. <clears throat> Today I want to talk about the moment. The miracle of the moment. So easy to get all wrapped up, and I don't intend that by way of pun, in the activities of this season. We miss sometimes the miracle of Christmas. This Christmas season, let's spend some moments reflecting 
on the significance of Christ's birth. In, in Galatians 4.4, 4, <clears throat> we read earlier an incredible verse. It says, when the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Did you hear that? God's word says, when the time came. At just the right time, God sent his son, representing that miracle of the moment. There's three things I want you to take away this morning. First is, Jesus came at the right moment. He came at the right moment. One of my favorite Christmas movies is Miracle on 34th Street. Any of you? I don't know. Black and white, I just love it. A lot of... Great stories you can learn from there. It's a magical tale about an old man named Chris Kringle who believes he's Santa Claus and wants others to believe in him as well. I think of one particular part of that movie where he's trying to instruct the department store Santa prior to the big Thanksgiving Day parade. It's hard sometimes because people don't always understand, do they? You try to explain it, try to show them, they don't always get it. Just the right time, Chris Kringle shows up at this parade and rescues not only the parade, but the jobs of Miss Walker and countless others. Miss Walker failed to recognize the miracle of the moment. She failed to realize the significance of hiring Chris Kringle to be the store Santa at that time. And the Bible says when the time came to completion, God sent his son. But the reality is most people missed the miracle of the moment. Most people didn't recognize the significance of Christ's birth at that time. People were much too busy to pay any attention to this young girl giving birth to her first child out in a stable in Bethlehem. At just the right time in history, Jesus was born. The coming of Christ into the world was not a matter of chance or coincidence. His coming was part of God's divine plan established before the foundation of the world. Warren Worsby, one of my favorite writers, said this. Historians tell us that the Roman world was in great expectation, waiting for a deliverer at the time Jesus was born. The old religions were dying. The old philosophies were empty and powerless to change men's lives. Strange new mystery religions were invading the empire. Religious bankruptcy and spiritual hunger were everywhere. God was preparing the world for the arrival of His Son. So when it looks like chaos is around us, God is preparing the right time for the right moment. The Roman Empire, from a historical perspective, had helped prepare the world for the birth of Jesus. You see, the Romans had constructed roads that connected city to city, making travel much easier. All roads ultimately led to Rome. The world was at peace under Roman rule. Roman laws protected the citizens and Roman soldiers who guarded the peace. And thanks both to the Greek and the Roman conquest, Latin and Greek were known across the empire, making communication possible with many from all over the world. The Old Testament prophecies concerning the coming of the Messiah was completed at just the right time God sent His Son into the world to be our Savior. 
at just the right time, God sent his son. Secondly, God provides at the right moment. Many people will be content to go through the motions at Christmas, and many of them do. They endure the busy activity of the season without ever experiencing the miracle of Christmas. You see it in the faces of retail salespeople. They try to muster up, Merry Christmas, glad you're here. After they had to come to work at five in the morning to greet you with a smile and say, how are you doing? Isn't it a great season to be alive and to be here? I can't wait for you to shop and have more and more in your, in your bags to take home. I'm ready to help you in any way possible. No. You see them standing there with that stare that says, if you take one step forward, I'm killing you right here. Right? And, of course, when they check you out, they're just so cheerful, aren't they? I keep wanting to break into song. You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch. <laughs> the good news is God comes to us at just the right time, just when we need him for that moment. Let's take a look at some scriptures. Psalm 145 in verse 15, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food when? At the proper time. How about Psalm 104, 27? All creatures look to you to give them their food when? At the right time. How about Deuteronomy eleven fourteen? Then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. In other words, I will send it in season. I'll provide rain for that land, he says. God knows exactly what we're going through, and he knows exactly what we need at the moment we get it. Just relax. But he's not coming fast enough. How do you know that? He's not coming fast enough to the way you want it done. Ah. Ah. Yeah, now I've gone from preaching to meddling, haven't I? Yeah. God not only came at the right time, He continues to come to us at just the right time, just when we need Him the most. Romans 5, 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. At the right time. He did that for us. When do you need a miracle? When you have no other options and no more resources, you're in a position to receive a miracle from God. And how many times can you recall that happening in your life? Uh-huh. And boy, you don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> you don't know when it's going to happen. But God knows you need it, and He gets it to you just when you need it. My brother calls him... He said he's seldom late. He's seldom early, but he's never late. He's the God of the last minute. I, it used to aggravate me when he'd say that. But it's so true, isn't it? Just when I'm just... And I've had people tell me, Preacher, I'm on the edge. I'm fixing to go over. And where is God? I said, hang in there. He may catch you as you fall. Because when you fall, you're truly helpless. Amen. 
When we were utterly helpless, Christ still comes to us today. And then thirdly, God through Jesus would say, now, now is the right moment. It seems we're always waiting for just the right time to do something. We are waiting for just the right time to make that commitment of our life to Christ as Savior and Lord. Maybe you are waiting for just the right time to make that commitment to the church membership. Maybe you're waiting for that right time to make that first time decision to let Jesus be the Lord and Master of your life. I always ask people, I say, what do you got to give up to be a Christian? I get varied answers. Most of the time they start out with, well, probably some friends that I have. So my response to that is, do you really need them if you think you got to get rid of them? <laughs> if it's young people, they say, well, the music I listen to. Well, is it really that important to listen to? Boy, there's so much out there in the Christian realm for music. Uh, Mila's tried to introduce me to Christian rap. I, I, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I, it's kind of like this. Jesus! At least I get the Jesus in there. So, you know, I'm going, all right! <laughs> you know, but the rest of us, Jesus! That's awesome. Got it. You know, I'm, I'm the old school guy. Give me that old four-part quartet stuff. That's, that's me. But then that's my age, right? But kids that listen to that, I'm glad it's there for them. Glad it's there for them. But I always ask, what do you got to give up? Ask adults, what do you got to give up? See, we place way too much importance on what people think on what God thinks. Because I will guarantee you in the last, when you die and you stand before God's judgment throne and he looks down and says, why should I let you into heaven? I have a feeling you're not going to fire back at him. Well, I was just waiting for Billy Joe to help me. I mean, I want to know what Billy Joe thinks about this. I don't know what Bobby Sue says. I'll bet you at that moment you're going to say, because Jesus is the Lord of my life. His blood has cleansed me of my sin. And he'll look at you and say, enter into rest, you good and faithful servant. But there'll be those that'll get there. And he'll say, why should I let you into heaven? And they're just going to give him all kinds of reasons. Well, I'm a good old boy. They might even sing, never meaning no harm. Well, God, I didn't smoke, drink, or chew or go with women that do. <coughs> hey, big guy up there on the throne, I'm sure you're going to address God in that way. I guess you just need to let me in because I'm so handsome. Oh, I guess you're going to let me in just, well, you know, I volunteered probably in my lifetime at church, probably about, oh, 30 minutes. <laughs> Isn't that good enough? Oh. Now we're going to come up with, we may try to come up with all kinds of excuses, but the only answer that works is the answer that says, your son Jesus cleansed me of my sin. And the most exciting part of that is that Jesus then will stand up and say, Dad, he's one of mine. She's one of mine. Ha <laughs> ha! I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to hearing those words. 
But if you're outside of Christ, there's no guarantee we'll hear those words. So the first thing you've got to do is just get into Christ. Because you get into Christ, it changes everything. Maybe you're maybe you've just been waiting for that walk, that, that right time. Maybe that right time to, to get a closer walk, to go deeper with God. Maybe you've been waiting for just that right time to give up that bad habit. How about 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2? For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. He's ready to reach down and to save you. Is that not an awesome thought? Everybody in the world that's out there, he will hear your prayer. He will hear your cry for salvation. And he will respond to that. Amen and amen. When I took Cindy to a fancy restaurant to ask her if I could marry her, I had the ring ready. I had my speech ready. I had spent a ton of money on this, on this meal at, at this restaurant. Well, that's not entirely true because I took her to Pizza Hut. But, you know, it was... <laughs> I was in college. I didn't have any money. But I was never more excited when she looked up and said, yes. You know, guys, you don't have to take them to a fancy restaurant. Pizza Hut looks great. Now nah, take them to a better restaurant than Pizza Hut. I was just lucky. I was just lucky. But in that acceptable time, that verse says, I helped you in the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Mark 1.15 The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near Repent and believe the good news. What is the good news? Jesus was born of a virgin. We celebrate that. Died on the cross. Buried and rose on the third day. There's the good news. If you believe it, you're in. <laughs> you're in. And then you want to seal that decision and commitment in the water of baptism. Because there you connect to it. There you connect to it. Nothing, nothing about the water that's going to help you at all. But it's what you're doing in faith to say, Jesus, I love you. And I want the whole world to know I love you. What do you got to give up in order to do those things? Well, that's a question that you'll have to answer. I can't answer it for you. Now's the time to make that commitment to Christ to receive God's gift of salvation. Now's the time to make this church your home. Now's the time to recommit your marriage and your family. Now's the time to renew your commitment to walk close with Christ and grow in the fellowship of Christ. Now is the time to draw close to the Lord. One moment in time can determine an eternal destiny. Right now is just such a moment. You don't have to live your life separated from God's love and blessing. Today is the right time to receive God's gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. If you've never made that commitment of your life to Christ, to receive Him as your Lord and Savior, then I, I want to invite you to do that today. This moment can change your earthly direction 
and establish your eternal destiny. Choose Jesus. And you choose an abundant life. An abundant life on earth and an eternal life with Christ in heaven. It's just what you need for this exact moment. It represents the miracle of Christmas. I hope you'll recognize the moment for what it truly is. A miracle, don't put it off, making a commitment. You need to make that today because today is the right time. As Phyllis comes back to the keyboard, if you want to make that commitment of your life to Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to pray a prayer. If this is something you're really interested in doing, maybe you'll pray that prayer with me. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time. It wouldn't hurt to pray this prayer again. But let's pray this prayer. Let me voice it. You silently either be in agreement or pray it along with me. Let's bow our heads. Dear God, I want to live one more moment. I don't want to live one more moment without you. I ask right now, this right time, for your forgiveness for my sins. For not recognizing your great love for me. I believe Jesus, God, is your son. He left heaven, he came to earth, he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he was buried and rose from the grave to be alive today. He came just at the right time just for me. January 30th, 1030 Saturday, 1970 was the right time for me. And God, I will forever be thankful for that day, for that time, for that moment. And so today, God, I'm asking these that are in this room that if they want to receive Christ as their personal Savior, that they let us know that. So that we can sit down with the Scripture and teach them what this, that decision means. Because it's more important to teach them than it is to run them to the waters of baptism. Because, Father, ultimately we must be understanding and in harmony with your word in our lives. So, Father, if there's somebody in this room that is in that position and needs to know you as their personal Savior, would they respond to this time being the right time? The day is the day of salvation for them. There may be others in this room, Father, that need a church home that they can claim as theirs. Well, we invite them. And, Father, if they have questions about what that means, would they give us opportunity to sit down and take them through Scripture and to teach them? The Bible is clear about baptism and how that connects us to the death, burial, and resurrection. And just would love to spend time with that and teaching that. And Father, I still think there's a host of people every Sunday, but especially today, in this place, in this moment, in this time, who like one who came last week 
they need to come to call out to you in their time of need and to receive prayers from fellow believers, to receive words of encouragement from fellow believers. And God, I don't know who that one person is, but there's one person in this room I know that needs to respond to that. Would you give them courage to do that? It takes courage to say yes to the Lord. But the blessings we receive far outweigh anything else that might come. So God, would we seize this moment? Would we recognize this is the right time for the right response? And God, would you move among your people to do that today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.